At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Longest Shortest Time is brought to you by Invitae. Your genes can tell you if you're 12% French or 6% Italian. They can also tell you a lot about your future health. When you take an Invitae genetic test, they search for meaningful health information, like whether you're at an increased risk for inherited cancer or heart disease. Based on your results, you may be able to take steps to potentially lower that risk. Learn more by visiting Invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E.com. One of my weirdest memories of being in the hospital after my daughter was born is of something that happened every night that I was there. So three nights in a row. Um, in, in the middle of the night when it was still dark, somebody would come in with a flashlight and ask to check inside my underpants. And it felt sort of like I was in a sci-fi movie and these were aliens coming in um, searching for the key to how to destroy humanity, which of course, could only be found in the contents of my underpants. I was talking about this with one of my mom friends, and she said, when you have a baby, what's in your underpants isn't your own anymore. And um, I would expand that to what's in your bra isn't your own anymore either. I think at this point, um, I've been breastfeeding for a year, and I can't even begin to count how many people have um, seen my nipples. There were the people at the hospital. There's all the moms in all the different mom groups I've been to. I'm, I'm sure there's random people from restaurants who um, caught a glimpse when I couldn't figure out how to get the blanket to stay up while also balancing a baby and getting her in the right position to eat. So anyway, um, I had just always thought that I would breastfeed my baby and... Um, The thing was that um, when Sasha was born, she had to be rushed to the NICU. They had to like pump her full of fluids. So she had formula before she ever had breast milk, which was great because it saved her life. But it also made things kind of rough with the breastfeeding in the beginning. And I wound up having to go back in for surgery a week after um, Sasha was born. And it made it so it was really almost impossible for me to like get into a good position to nurse Sasha. Um, and my midwife told me, you know, that it was okay if, if I wasn't capable of doing it or of like keeping up with the pumping, but I should know that, um, I was probably looking at having low supply down the road. And, um, it was just really hard to hear that because I, I wasn't capable of walking around with Sasha. Um, I wasn't capable of changing her diaper. So I felt like Feeding her was the only thing I had, and I and I just clung to it. 
So I called a lactation consultant to come to the house, this woman, Marlene, and Marlene was like a really laid back lactation consultant. Um, Her attitude was, there's not just two options. There's not only breastfeeding or formula. Um, You can do a combination of a lot of things, you know, as long as your baby is thriving. And so what we did was I would start by nursing her and then I would pump. And while I was pumping, my husband would feed her a bottle of milk that I had previously pumped. Um, And then because she wouldn't have usually had enough after that, we would feed her a bottle of formula. And it was completely exhausting. You know, we were doing this entire cycle, like every two hours on the dot, even through the night for a while. So, you know, it it was kind of crazy. But the thing is, it worked. Um, I was able to build my supply up until I could just feed her from the breast. And, And for me, because of my situation, I felt like I needed to do that just for my sanity. Um, but for a lot of families, sticking with one of those other combo methods is what's best for them. And today we're going to hear from somebody who did stick with one of those other methods and is totally, totally happy about it. This is the fifth episode of the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hillary Frank, um, and Hi is my first guest who came to me just as a listener. She um, sent me her story as a submission through the website, and um, I called her up on her son Iden's three-month birthday. She talked to me in her car after she had just dropped him off at daycare. And um, pretty quickly, we figured out that we had probably seen the same breastfeeding film in our classes back when we were pregnant. Well, it was from the 80s, first of all. Like, it was very dated. And, um, you know, after the mom delivered the baby, you know, it was like the the baby was placed on the mom's chest. And then the baby makes her way over and just yeah. starts sucking magically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I mean, part of it is, like, you know, other mammals, like, you know, cute little baby kittens can't see and they find their way to the mom's nipple. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know, like it just, it struck me as believable. You know what I mean? Like the, the, right. the nature. And and so then what happened for you in reality? So I didn't came like four and a half weeks early. So his suck reflex wasn't like great. You know, I asked the nurse, like, what are we going to do about him feeding? So she sat me in a, you know, in a chair and she, put all these pillows around me and, you know, like, she held me in position. I didn't like where he was supposed to be. And, and he was starting to get, like, frantic. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, the nurse tried to put some formula on my nipple. And then, like, and then I would, like, scream his head off even more. And then, and then did you keep trying? Yeah. And so then the lactation consultant came and, um, and then she was like, well, your nipples are inverted and his, like, suck is not very strong. And, so then she said, well, you know, you're, you have to start with formula because it's, it's not working right now. And so, you know, wear these nipple shields. And so I, you know, wore them, like, diligently. And so then um, the uh, nurse was like, well, you should probably pump because you can, that will help you with your milk stimulation. Mm-hmm. So then she, she wheeled in the pump. And I don't even think she kind of told me what to do. She just said, well, here it is. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then she, I think she laughed. Uh-huh. Then I got a third lactation consultant, and she said, oh, good, you have a breast pump. You need to pump eight times a day and at least for 15 minutes, and, you know, you have to, like, have him try to latch on, like, five times a day. And also get enough sleep. Right, just even just trying to rec- physically recover, you know. Like, I would take a nap, and I would, like, think, oh, I've, I've only gotten, you know, like, 
three pumps in today. Like, what am I doing? I'm like such a bad mom. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just like this whirlwind of stress around like breastfeeding, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there are so many opportunities right after you have a baby to feel like you're a bad mom, um, yeah. and and especially surrounding feeding. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I think it's just, there's like no one else to be in that position but you. Like, I didn't only have one mom, and, and my job was to, like, feed him. And, and feed him with your body. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, to admit, like, your body's tired or or that it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, like, by nature's law or something. You know, it's, like, an overwhelming burden. I mean, it just felt like such a big weight. Yeah, yeah. It's like your body your body is, like, suddenly telling you you're not the mother you wanted to be or something. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. And then, like, I got home, and um, he was six days old now. And so... Um, you know, the pediatrician, when she heard that I was pumping, and she was like, so have you not tried to breastfeed? And I was like, oh, I mean, of course I've tried to breastfeed. And, you know, she was saying, you either have to, like, keep trying to breastfeed or just switch the formula because, uh, you know, pumping exclusively will only last you a couple of weeks because then your brain will catch up that it's not really a baby sucking on your nipple and, and your milk supply will, like, start shutting down. So um, the fourth lactation consultant, I had Moira. She was awesome. And is Moira a um, lactation consultant from the hospital, or um, is she independent? Oh, she's a lactation consultant from the hospital, but they also do outpatient stuff. Okay. So we went to the um, Moira the office, and, and it was, I mean, it was very calm, and, like, and he fed really well, you know, and so... Um, when I got home, you know, I tried to, like, recreate, you know, like, I dimmed the lights, and I sat in the chair, and I positioned my feet, and I had, I brought my best friend, and I tried to relax, and, and it just, like, you know, it, it just was frantic again, you know, so, like, all night, I kind of tried to do, tried to breastfeed him again, and I felt really, like, I was like, maybe I'm not normal, like, or maybe I'm, like, going through, like, some depression or something because there's not this, like, you know, innate oozing of, like, love. So I called Moira again the next day, and I was, like, and just bawling. I was, like, it's not working. I don't know what to do. And so she said, what is it that you actually want to do? Because um, it's not that you can't do it, but it's just, like, what is it that you want to do? So when I finally thought about it, and I was like, I, I want to give my baby breast milk, but I don't want to just breastfeed. Yeah. And so she said, well, then just pump. And then I, you know, told her about what the pediatrician said, and she got, like, really mad, and she was like, that, that's absolutely not true. You know, your milk supply won't, most most likely won't, like, dry up, you know? Oh, and this is the other thing she said. She's like... Spend the time enjoying your baby instead of stressing out about every feeding time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should enjoy my baby. Up to that point, I hadn't really enjoyed him. You know, like the next, like the bottle that I gave him, like after that conversation with Moira, was like so, it was just like different and great. So, I mean, I can't like say it was like this like magical, like, mommy, you know, we locked eyes and we, like, all these hearts, like, went a flutter, but I just felt like 
I, I can be a better mom for him. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you could see, you could see your, your future. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually like seeing, like noticing more like details of, about Iden. Like what? Just, you know, like how he would like, he would always like hook on my finger with, with his hand, like, or like he would just piddle paddle his feet. You know what I mean? Just like little things, details that I didn't, didn't notice before because I was so consumed by this like responsibility to breastfeed. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice to like see him as like this, you know, like my son. Hi is still pumping exclusively and does not plan on attempting breastfeeding again. She's a social worker in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks for listening to the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hillary Frank. Tune in next time for a woman who was a vegetarian for two decades and decides that the answer to all her baby's problems is to eat meat. And if you've got a story about a struggle in early parenthood, you can be like, hi, you can be on this podcast. Go to longestshortesttime.com and click contact. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open a drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Now Prince donated this guitar. <gasps> I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a, a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn. Or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. With over 4,200 hotels worldwide, 